Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Before we get started, I wanted to thank you again for all the likes, shares, reviews, and feedback of Deep Leadership. This podcast continues to grow because of listeners like you, so thank you. If you're looking for other ways to support what I do here, you can check out my sponsor, BottomGunCoffee.com. They are veteran-owned and operated and will give you a discount every time you use the code DEEP at checkout. I'm drinking their coffee right now, and it's so much better than those commercial brands, so check them out. You can also uh, pick up a copy of my best-selling book, Eye of the Watch, at eyeofthewatch.com. And I'll also give you a discount by using the code DEEP. Well, that's it. Today I'm talking with Zachary Small. He is a Navy veteran turned entrepreneur. And like my last guest, he has built a powerful online community. But he has also built a tribe that gets together in real life as well. It's called the Fraternity of Excellence, of which I'm a member. It's a group of men dedicated to becoming better fathers, better husbands, and better men. This was a fun interview, and I know you'll enjoy it. So... Are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Zachary Small. Zach is the founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of the Fraternity of Excellence. He's a Navy veteran turned author and entrepreneur. Zach helps men take control of their lives and become the leader they were meant to be in their marriages, their families, and their communities. He focuses on masculinity, marriage, and fatherhood, and ways that men can get the absolute best from all of these. He has helped hundreds of men turn their lives around and become better versions of themselves. I'm excited to talk to him about leadership in the family and how he built such a thriving and successful tribe in the Fraternity of Excellence, of which I'm a member. So, Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. So, I wanted to start off, uh, before we dig in uh, into the Fraternity of Excellence and all the, the work that you're doing, give us a little bit of your background because um, I think your background, your history, how you grew up, and then, you know, your time in the Navy really set, you know, the tone for how you, you know, moved into write, your writing, uh, the books, uh, the Fraternity of Excellence. I think it really sets the stage. So can you give us a little bit of your background? How did you, you know, your childhood, how you ended up in the Navy? No, absolutely. So growing up, I, I my parents split when I was born. So I had a single mom. And she met my father, who was, I believe, at nuclear A school, mm. somewhere there. He was in his pipeline. And they crossed paths. They met up, had a great relationship, and they ended up getting married. Um, we continued growing. We bounced up the East Coast, ended up in Connecticut. Unfortunately, uh, after I turned six years old, I lost my mother to suicide. So this, this background of mine is not the Disney fairy tale, right. but there, it, it does lead to a positive outcome. So I lost my mom very early age. And my father, being in the military, he was a Navy man. He was on submarines. Uh, he was a nuclear machinist mate. So you know the tempo. He was on fast attack subs. They're in and out constantly. So I needed somebody to take care of me. And he was already, pat- I think he was at 12 years at that point. 
So he was close to retirement. He didn't want to, you know, have to leave the service to take care of us. And he had help. So he had his parents. So I went to live with my grandparents. So growing up there, that was to my, my grandfather, World War II pilot, uh, back before the Air Force, it was the Army Air Corps, uh-huh. you know, three lightnings. He was a, he was a bad dude. <laughs> and my grandmother, I mean, they both made it through the Great Depression. So they had strict rules, great discipline. You know, fast forward, I grew up there. My father remarries. So we, we move. We've got the normal family unit. And in this time, I wasn't the best student. Mm. I wasn't the best. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't the easiest kid. I was very rebellious. I had that revolutionary fire in my soul, you know, but I loved sports. You know, I loved honor. I loved warriors. I loved reading about that stuff. And it was unfortunately, you know, I learned this lesson later, but I was the kid who thought, you know, philosophers, they were weak men who didn't want to go mm. fight. And it was the warriors. And those were the men you wanted to be. So I knew from an early age, I was joining the military, you know, and with my father being a machinist mate, he gave me advice as to not be a nuke. So I joined and I became a conventional machinist mate when I was 19 years old. And that, that's how I led into the, the military, a great eight year career there. So he told you not to be a nuke. It's probably good advice as, as a nuke. It myself, was great so. advice. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was on, I was, so I was on the Truman we have two nuclear reactors and yeah. I got to see the nuke MMs. And almost daily, even when I was grinding and covered in like the nastiest bilge water, <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I'm not those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. My son <laughs> is in boot camp right now. And that was the advice I gave him. Don't don't be a nuke. So, <laughs> same advice. So. Good fatherly advice. So when did you start, you know, thinking about men's issues and writing about it and, and thinking that you wanted to kind of move in this direction? What got you started? Uh, to be honest, I was looking up fitness plans. And it brought me to a, a website called Reddit. And I started reading about different workouts, different things. And I was doing it with my Marines. So I was on shore duty at that time. And it was like five Navy sailors or five Navy men, uh, instructors. And then everybody else was like 100 Marines. So that was fun. And always trying to talk smack. I was looking like, how can I get stronger? How can I run faster? Well, somewhere along the way, I stumbled upon men having relationship issues. And I was like, well, that's weird. You know, I can totally help you here. So I started answering questions like that. Mm. And that led me towards this whole community that was talking about men's rights, um, men, uh, family issues, masculine. I had no clue because of my being in the military. I was in this bubble where, where we were men. Of course, we partied hard. Of course, we worked out. Right. You know, there, obviously, in the military, there are already a lot of uh, marriage issues that go on. And you kind of just deal with it. It's a whole joke, a running joke still. Oh, yeah. But, you know, in that community, you see those issues. And you're like, that's just a part of life. Like you just figured out, you move on. And I realized from that website uh, on Reddit that a lot of men were having those relationship issues, but that was leading to suicides. Mm. That was leading to men you know, having no mission in life. And I was like, that didn't compute with me. I was like, the, of course you have a mission. You're a man. Go out and live your life. You know, your, right. your wife is a part of your mission. Your children are a part of your mission, but they're not the whole point of your life. And then that led to me creating the blog. And then that led to what we have today, you know, with the family alpha and the fraternity of excellence. But it all started with just trying to figure out how to work out. And I realized there, there were a lot of men out there who were in tough spots, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So what were some of the responses to the early, your early writing? It was, very, it was very interesting yeah. and mixed. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about how you could be a father and a husband and lead these, you know, your family. And I was speaking in a community that was talking more about getting women. And how you mm. picking up women and how you can focus on yourself and build your mission. So it was a lot of the family focused men were totally on board. They're like, yeah. And then a lot of other men are like, you can't be a man while being married. 
And I was like, I'll show you. And it, <laughs> it was, it was very interesting dynamic there, but it was, it was good because everybody won in those arguments and, you know, discussions. And you were married then? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you, um, you co-founded the Fraternity of Excellence with uh, Craig James. Why did you see a need for this type of organization? I mean, essentially, I described it as a tribe in the intro. Why did you see? Why was that important? As you're likely aware, I mean, when you leave the military, the mission goes on. Mm. And for someone like my, I had a great time in the military. You know, when I hit the point of deciding where to go, I told them, like, look, I'm I'm the sailor of the year. I'm the instructor of the year. I've done everything you've asked of me. Please send me up, you know, somewhere New England bound so my family can be near family. Because I had two kids at that point. I had a wife. They ended up assigning me to a, a carrier in California. Mm. And I was like, look, I, I can't. And nobody believed me because once you're in, you're in. You know, if you're on the fast track, I was pretty squared away. You know, I was going to, I wasn't guaranteed to make chief, but it looked pretty good in my future that I was going to be making E7. And I, I walked away from it. I was like, I love the Navy, but I want to be a better father. And I can't do that if you send me to California to deploy again and again and again. So I got out, uh, moved back to New England, and I realized real quick, the mission went on. I had a void in my soul, and there was nowhere really for me to go. Mm-hmm. You know, the VFW still, they're looking to bring in young blood. But right now, they're, they're just a bunch of people hanging out. I was like, I don't want that. You know, yeah. I see Team Rubicon. I see these other things. I was like, maybe I can get involved with that. But there was no tribe. There was no fraternity. There was no men being men just with the men though, not with the wife and kids too. So I built it. <laughs> I came across uh, Craig James, who was looking to build a men's community. I had a, a thriving community through 31 DTM, a book I wrote, which is a program that I run. And we kind of just joined forces and it's been great, you know, and growing ever since. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, if you think about the generation, your grandfather's generation, right? There was the VFW, there were Knights of Columbus, there were all these organizations where men got together, right? And had these conversations and men, you know, don't need that. They need that camaraderie. And I think a lot of cases it's missing, right? Um, and so I think the Fraternity of Excellence is a great place for men to get together and discuss the issues and challenges and, you know, and, and how to be better as men. Well, you've seen behind the walls, you know, you've seen firsthand these men yeah. who come in and all they really need is a group of dudes to give them an honest truth, you know, and the world is so trying to avoid hurting any feelings that they won't tell a man the the, the reality. They'll tell him what they think is best for him and what he wants to hear. And in FOE, we don't do that. We almost do the opposite of that. (laughs) There's no no filter. It it just, here's what it is. But in the military, that's how it is. It is just the facts, you know, we're going to make fun of you, but that's how you know we like you, you know? Right, right, exactly. Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm actually writing about that in my new book, so about about, about the the relationships on board. But, you know, it's interesting because what you're doing is not without controversy, right? I mean, we live in a time when men are considered the problem in society, right? You know, uh, toxic toxic masculinity we hear about, right? And and I think even some cases you, I think you wrote a, a tweet, you know, a while ago now about, uh, you know, what the perfect wife should look like. And, you know, even got, you know, people wrote about you in, in articles kind of pointing out that you, you know, these ideas are sexist, you know. So what would you say to the criticism that people say, well, look, you, you, you got this all male group of people, you're focusing on men's issue. You know, what would you say to those critics? What could be wrong with helping men live better lives? Yeah, You know, <laughs> that that's always what I boil it down to. When you really look at what I'm doing, these, well, I don't like your list on Twitter. Then you don't have to follow my list on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
It was, it was how to be, a, I think, a, you're going to get me banned again for bringing this up. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but the list, it was like, you know, how to be a more, a better mother or, or a better wife. And it was like, you know, dress, dress more feminine, you know, uh, be kind, like just little things like that. These very normal things. Like they were very, very normal. <laughs> it was nothing too crazy. But because I put any sort of standard out there, it, it did upset. I mean, I was published in some UK magazines. Like that went way viral and it was crazy. The feedback yeah. and it was awesome yeah. though a lot of women were, were championing like oh finally a man can say he likes long hair more than short hair and then some other ones like well i like short hair more than long that's good you should be able to voice your opinion and right. share yours right. what i'm doing here is voicing my opinion i'm not yeah. telling you this is your body your model that you have to follow like here's what i want here's what works yeah. for me yeah and it was very interesting with foe when i made it it was very clearly men only well what are you compensating for or, oh, you know, what, a bunch of guys, what are you going to go in the, the woods and grow beards and drink whiskey? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> There's nothing really wrong with that. But no, that's not what a man is. You know, we talk about how to process emotions. We talk about how in, in our children, they're trying to stifle competitiveness. In young boys, well, you know, they're medicating them because they they don't want to sit in the chair for eight hours a day. And I'm like, that's not, you should not be trying to medicate that. That's a child being a child. Bullies are more competitive. Men have testosterone at levels that women cannot comprehend. Physiologically, we are different. So we've got to stop slapping these very equal, like a, a square and a square on each other. Like women, if they're a square, men are like a triangle. You know, if right, one's a circle, right. one, one's a, a, an octagon, you know, like whatever it is, they're not the same. They're, they're yeah. equivalent for sure. They're both human beings with human lives, but women are, they think and operate differently than men. Right, and that's right. okay. And the message in movies, the message in media, is telling men to repress those natural urges. And it's leading to these guys really struggling with a sense of identity and, and somewhat a sense of shame. And that's the mm. only toxic masculinity out there is repressed masculinity. Like it's okay to be a man. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Mm. No, I think you said it right there in the beginning too, is that, you know, what's wrong with having, you know, better fathers, better husbands and better men. What, what's wrong with that? Seems like a good thing to have in society. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> So interesting. So um, when did you realize that this is what you want to do full time? Or when did you feel like, wow, maybe I can do this and, you know, quit my day job and actually do this uh, 100%? That was actually a very surprising moment. And I think, you know, the, the entrepreneurs listening to this might get a lot from this because I know a lot of us are in that box of, holy crap, you know, like <laughs> this, this is actually working, you know, this idea of mine. So when I started 31 DTM in 2017, it was free, you know, and the next go, I realized they took a lot of time. Mm. You know, it took I every single day for hours. I was answering questions, leading, making videos, things like that. So the next one, I was like, well, it's 20 bucks to get in. And I think halfway through, I raised it to 50 and I made 10 grand that month. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is <laughs> what just happened. You can yeah. make this kind of money. You know, and it was, it was nuts and totally unexpected. Wow. So the next one I bumped, I was like, all right, if that worked, it's a hundred bucks to get in. Yeah. People paid it. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then, like I said, we spoke with Craig, we started um, FOE. And then from there, men started joining and more and more and more. And you've seen us grow. And then that became steady. So on top of, you know, the coaching that I offer on top of book sales, on top of these uh, community campaigns, I now had steady income from a community. Mm. I remember speaking to Jackie and I was like, babe, I'm, I'm losing money going to the nine to five right now. Like yeah. if I had just did two coaching calls, 
that whole week of work I did nine to five, I, I, I made more money in two calls. Wow. Like, and, and it really, it tripped me out that the product was succeeding. I kept on waiting for like the rug to be pulled out. Right. Right. And it just kept not happening. And month after month of increasing sales, you're like, maybe this is legit. I love it. And then, then just came the moment of pulling the trigger and that, that did not come without some, I'm going to say anxiety, but like some, some interferes, you know, I was, I have my wife, I'm the primary breadwinner. I have two children. I've got a home, I've got bills, I've got cars, you know, I have everything everybody else has. And here I am jumping to chase a dream. Mm. And it was the craziest, but most fulfilling thing I've ever done. It was, it was, Thinking about it now, I'm still getting like those chills, you know, <laughs> and we spoke earlier before we hit record, you know, I, I still get those butterflies when I go on a podcast. It's, it's so fun. It's awesome. And I really, the fact that I make a living by living my life, you can't make this up, man. <laughs> ah, that's great. That's great. Uh, uh, what, what's, what's, what's changed in your life since you, you know, since you work for yourself? What's, what's it been like in your family, in your home life, everything? Yeah. So being home more, I mean, I, I get to do it more. I get to be a much more present father, a more present husband. You know, initially I obviously had to dial it back. I'm like, all right, well, I got here by working hard. So I need to continue to do that, Uh, but also make family time. So I did have to figure out my new schedule because I'm like right now, my kids are 30 feet from me. If I want to, I could be going playing catch, but I'm doing this. So I learned how to develop that skill of staying true to the work. But more importantly, I learned the value of time Mm. and growing up, in my family, we didn't talk about finances. Uh, we didn't talk about like how much money you made or debt or things like that. It's almost like money was taboo. Mm. And I learned to kind of change my relationship, not just with money, but with how I spend my time, how I make my money, how I view the process of allowing money to make money, ways to invest in myself. You know, instead of thinking it's normal to carry $100,000 in debt, well, maybe you should pay your debt off. Maybe mm. instead of having all these crazy items, well, stop chasing the Joneses. And just positioning yourself where you're a little more free to move, you know, without the the anchors of financial obligations. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. Deep Leadership is brought to you by my friends at the Bottom Gun Coffee Company. Bottom Gun is owned and operated by U.S. submarine veterans, and no one knows coffee better than the men and women who serve long hours keeping watch under the sea. Bottom Gun Coffee Company has a variety of coffee blends designed to keep you moving. From Ahab's Revenge Extremely Strong Coffee to their morning blend, Bottom Gun purchases only premium certified organic coffee beans from all over the world to create the finest tasting coffee you will ever experience. It's what I drink every day. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffeeCompany.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. I've noticed, you know, being on the inside of Fraternity of Excellence is that, um, you know, I've I've seen uh, lives impacted. What are some of the stories or what are some some changes you've seen in people that have come there 
seeking advice from other men and what kind of changes have they made in their lives? There is such a wide array of men in there. So we have different religions, different backgrounds, different relationship statuses. And, you know, just to hit on some of the big ones, you'll have men come in who are recently divorced Mm. and they've lost that picture as to in their head, it was, this is my family and this is how my life's going to be to the sunset. And when something happens that you can't resolve and you end up divorced, well, you've got to recreate all of that. Mm. That whole future was stripped of you, it was burnt away. Right. And these men come and, and you've seen it, you know, they don't have that sense of identity any longer because it was, it was burnt down. And then you start to see them join the group and they start finding themselves again. And that momentum starts going and all of a sudden they're back in motion. And even though they're sharing their kids, they're, they're focusing on being a better father even though their, their marriage may not have worked out, they're learning how to have relationships again with, with women, with themselves, with other men. They have that sense of pride and they're back to living their life with a sense of purpose, even though that purpose has changed. Mm. So you see that a lot. Another one is the men who join that they're younger. They haven't really established themselves in the world. You know, we'll have our video calls and they're always quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's not quiet because they're, they're just listening. It's quiet because they're afraid to speak. Mm. But after a week, two weeks, you hear these guys start speaking up. They're kind of mixing it around. And before you know it, they're leading the discussions and they're sharing, you know, we recently had that uh, one man who traveled the nation. He went on like a long road trip to find himself. And it was like his rite of passage. Yeah. And I remember him when he first joined, he wouldn't even speak. Yeah. And now he's driving around talking to strangers, living his life. And he's, he's a man again. We had another man, same thing. You know, he was finding his way. He went to South America. He went on this crazy journey through the jungle, came back and he's just, now he has all these stories. So we're seeing these men create and go through their rite of passage. And these stories are on top of the men that we've seen join who started businesses. Mm. We've had men join, start businesses and then leave their full-time job. You know, we have multiple examples of that. Yeah, yeah. These guys are coming in and they're, they're hitting the ground running. And all they needed, like I said, was that, that sense of accountability, that sense of brotherhood and the access that you have within their experts. I mean, you know, the, the running joke is everybody has an app for that. Well, we have a guy for that, yeah, you know, yeah. yourself included. You know, we were, we were recently speaking about another man running a manufacturing operation and he direct line to you. Hey, what worked for you? What didn't work? What should I look out for? You know, right, right. That, that's yeah. so much better than reading it in a book or a blog post is hearing the story from the, the person who lived it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Yeah, I've seen, you know, just just in my short time there, just some of the same stories, just where people have, I love the stories that people leave in their nine to five and starting when they realize they can go full time doing what they love. You know, that those, those always make me smile because I, you know, I've been doing, I've been on that journey for five years now. So it's just kind of fun to see others make that uh, jump out of the corporate world and uh, the grind, if you will, to, uh, Yeah. To be an entrepreneur. You know, what do they say? Uh, an entrepreneur is almost is someone who will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40. That's, uh, <laughs> that's us. And you love every hour. <laughs> and you love every hour. Exactly. Oh, well, with COVID, too. You know, oh, we yeah. had a, we had a few of those gents get laid off. And oh, yeah. They, yeah. It was almost like it was a gift. And yeah. some of them there were there were a few men who were laid off and they're like, I'm fine. I prepared for this. I'd already worked with the men in the FOE. So I have my, my money saved up. I have opportunities. I've already got another job lined up. And the other guys, they were working on their business so much that being laid off was, it kind of took the act of quitting out of their hands. Now yeah, they just start like, yeah. all right, now I'm full-time my business. Full-time and now they're thriving. Yeah. It's like they were forced to succeed and they yeah. did. And yeah. those, they really stand out because that is, 
like think about their their kids watching them their wives watching them yeah they're like man like this is so cool compared to you know the alternative which is you start freaking out and money gets tight and stress you know you avoid all that as you look back you know the last five years when you first first started writing to now we have the community and now you're doing this full-time what what are the things that you're most proud of and what what are some of the things that surprised you the things i'm most proud of you know, in myself is that I've remained true to this message. If I had to pick, like looking at what I've done, uh, we now have men in FOE that deployed with me in 2007. That's wild. If there was ever a time for somebody to say, you know, this guy, he's been making up this, or this isn't true. Like that he would have been the guy. And he's like, no, this is exactly who this dude is. He's always been like this. So I was very happy when he joined because it it showed everyone that this isn't a joke. This isn't some character I put on for the, the camera. Like, this is my life and this is what I want to help other men. So very proud of that. Most surprising, yet also bringing a bunch of pride, is how big this has gone. Yeah. Again, I'm just, I I, I was MM1 small. You know, I was just, you know, at E6 getting out. I'm going to go work at some nine to five for 25 years and that's it. And that was kind of my goal leaving the Navy is to just do what everybody else did. And now I've got 200 men in a private community. I've got a book out there. I'm working on another book. I'm talking to authors like yourself and entrepreneurs. And that's my job in life. Like, that's just crazy. (laughs) And that's not even to look at those 200 men who each have their own journeys and uh, these great growths they've had and these amazing feats. We have all these get togethers happening. You know, it's just, I went hunting for the first time three weeks ago. It was an FOE man's cabin with two other FOE men. Yeah. Like these crazy opportunities that, you can't make this up. It's just, it's the craziest thing. I love it. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the pictures of your hunt. I thought that was pretty cool. So did you see the yeah. frozen beard one yeah, I, I yeah. hanging from the beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was going to send you uh, pictures of my moose hunt from uh, earlier in October from, uh, cause we had snow in October up in Northern New Hampshire when we, we got our moose. So yep, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, well, it's, um, so, you know, if someone was thinking about, you know, because one of the things I, I just had uh, Jason Helms on my show la- the last episode, and he built up a fitness community. And um, so it, it kind of a similar story. He built a community and the community kind of reinforced the values that help each other out in the fitness world. And this is helping out men. So if people were if someone was thinking about building a community like this, what kind of advice would you offer? How do you build a community uh, like you did with Fraternity of Excellence? So the main focus has to be those joining. You, your focus cannot be on making money. Your focus cannot be on getting maximum results, you know, that are going to be great for the whole world. Your focus has to be on that individual. What is best for your community? Why should they be there? What do you offer a value? How can you best help them achieve their goals? And so with Jason, he has fitness. So that's his focus is on the body. Mm-hmm. Mine is on life and, and brotherhood. So I need to form, I need to get men to join and form connections and then apply action from those connections. So a great way to do that is by being a great leader. You need to follow up with each of these individuals. And as your community grows, you need to start taking actions that will enable that to remain true to them. So as we were growing, I realized it was it was going beyond my sphere of control. You can only have, I don't remember what the, the, the Dunbar's number, whatever it is, yeah. but you can only t- uh, focus on so many people. So I was like, well, what can we do? What can we do? And then we created the teams, which broke it down to segments which now I could talk to five guys who have 35 guys under them. Then I can go through the channel and it's still maintaining that sense of unity. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit of a competition going and each man has his private space, but the focus wasn't, well, how can I control 200 people? No, 
how can I maintain true to what FOE is? Connection, application. Those are the top two things I need from these men. You need to connect with other men, which is what's lacking in society. You need to apply the knowledge you're learning. That will bring about change in your life. So when you join, you are now connected to a network and you are improving. Mm. You're not hanging out. You know, and that when it comes to running a community like ours, you need to look at, I mean, everything from building an infrastructure that supports their privacy. You know, you need to come to, on what's a proper price point on it. How much time are you putting into it? You know, FOE doesn't operate because I, I hit play and I walked away for three years. Like I've been in there every single day mm-hmm. working with them. So if you're building it, you have to build it for the right reasons. I need FOE as much as FOE needs me mm-hmm. because I enjoy it. I love what it is that's happening there. And that satisfies that in myself. So I don't get stressed out or burnt out from it. In that community, if your group is just together for the sake of being together, what are you offering them? Mm-hmm. Why, why could they not get that for free elsewhere? You have to have something that makes you stand out. And it's in that that you can best serve them when you find out what that is. Yeah, I think that's good. That's really powerful. I think, um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, you start you start with with a mission. You have, you have got a focus. But I think having others there that are reinforcing that focus, you know, because I think it can't just be you and, and Craig telling everyone exactly how things are going to be here. It's, it's it's setting the setting the standard. Right. And then suddenly you notice that everybody's holding holding the standard. Right. So you notice like the community is keeping each other accountable to the, to the community standards. At least that's what I notice. No, it's it's like a gated community. You know, yeah, like if yeah, you can't yeah. paint your house neon green. There are certain things you have to do, you know, in this right. HOA. <laughs> and if you don't meet it, I guess that would be another one for anybody looking to start a group yeah. is you have to maintain the standard. And if that means right. removing individuals, it's on you to say you are not the proper fit. You can't yeah. be come one, come all. Yep. You know, because then again, you lose the, you dilute your product. Yep, absolutely. So what's the benefit of having strong men, strong husbands, strong fathers, strong leaders? What's, what's the benefit of this? In the individual's life, at the societal level and across the globe, it's an improvement in every aspect of everything. In, in the literal sense, if you have stronger fathers, that means you're going to have children who see a man because children follow example not advice. They will see a man who takes pride in his physical strength in being an emotional control, a man who takes care of his finances, has a good relationship with his woman. You know, the list goes on and on. When children see that, they're going to strive to be that. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to have strong kids. We're going to, we're going to reverse the obesity epidemic. You know, we're going to have all these mental disorders that we have going on. We're going to re- start reducing those numbers. When men find that fire within that shame that we spoke about earlier, that sense of trying to hide who you are, instead of just letting it out and, and shoulders back. You know, we talk about command voice, you know, in the military, like you need to be able to speak to where people will listen. And men are so afraid of speaking out because their whole school years, they were told, sit down and be quiet, you know, stop yelling, stop being aggressive, that they don't even know how to find that voice. By allowing them to find it, you're just going to have stronger relationships because a man will tell a woman, this is what I'm looking for. Or this is what I need. And that's how he can find the right woman for him mm. instead of, you know, well, I'll take any girl because I don't want to be, be rude or anything. And then they're, they're arguing, they're stressed out. If they have kids, they get divorced. Now it's a split family. They have so much going on there. You, you fight all of that by putting masculinity back into the man, by putting that fire back into him, by having those standards. You know, a strong husband, a strong father, strong leaders, everybody wins when we build those. 
And the only way to build it is by reversing the trend of saying those are bad things. It's okay. It's a good thing. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with men being men. There's nothing wrong with us being who we are naturally expressing that with the world. You know, it's a good thing that will help everyone. Excellent. I love it. So what's next for you and the fraternity of excellence and, and your own website? So continue domination. <laughs> no. So I'm working on a book. It's called silencing the voice of treason. It's getting over the, the negative self-talk people go through. That's my next you know little baby I'll be taking on uh, the family alpha. I'll continue to be writing there. I, I love writing. I love podcasting. So both the, the blog and podcast will grow uh, fraternity of excellence. We actually closed the doors. So we had several people join. And again, with my focus on organic relationships, we can't be flooded. Like that, that's never going to happen. I will not allow that to happen. It will dilute what we have. So we opened the doors in February for a few days. We'll, we'll set a set number of slots that men can join. And then it might be 60 days after that. You know, I don't know, depending on how many go in, but we're going to have windows of time for that. And then FOE will continue to increase the meetups that we have live, the regional meetups, you know, hopefully travel restrictions are lifted so we can do a little bit more there, but we'll continue to do what it is we're doing, which is making strong men, husbands, fathers. I love it. That's great. So how can people find out more about uh, your writings, the Fraternity of Excellence and the FamilyAlpha.com? That's exactly how. (laughs) (laughs) So the FamilyAlpha.com, that was good. And FraternityOfExcellence.com. You know, one's my blog. One is my brotherhood. And if you go to at Zach Small underscore Z-A-C Small underscore, I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Very good. We'll put those links in the show notes. So thank you, Zach, for uh, all of your wisdom today. And uh, we learned a lot today, learned a lot about community, fraternity, um, and, you know, masculinity. I think it was a good, good, uh, good coverage. I really appreciate you coming on the show. No, thank you for having me on and all the work that you're putting out. Well, thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Take care.